You're listening to Nest Talk, the best and most elite Baltimore Ravens podcast on the internet. Now, here's your host, Christopher Linfont. Ladies and gentlemen of the Ravens flock, I'm Chris Linfont of BaltimoreFellow.com, here with episode 28 of Nest Talk, recorded on March 6th, 2019. I definitely apologize for not publishing an episode last week. I was getting over a pretty severe cold, which left my voice in shambles nowhere near acceptable acceptable levels for a podcast. But today we're back with a new episode of Nest Talk, and we've got a lot of Ravens news to cover from the previous two weeks. And of course, the NFL Combine just took place, and we're going to go over the winners and losers of the Combine. But first, of course, we're going to start out with this Ravens news here, and we've got a lot of it. So I first want to talk about the first piece chronologically here, and that is the Ravens are going to release Michael Crabtree. Uh, Michael Crabtree joined the Ravens last year on a three-year, $22 million deal, I believe it was, and he was going to cost, I'm sorry, $21 million deal from last year. He was going to cost the Baltimore Ravens $9.3 million in 2019, and the Ravens felt that... Um, they could just have to get rid of him to save that $4.6 million. Um, because, frankly, Crabtree, what he brought to the table wasn't, you know, a huge deal anymore. Um, he was didn't really have a feature position in the, in the Lamar Jackson offense. And Crabtree's drops were a huge problem in Baltimore. So the Ravens decided to part ways with Crabtree, free up that $4.6 million uh, cap space. And, of course, they'll hit... They'll take another $4.6 million in, in dead money, but it's all the same to the Ravens. They, f- they free up that space that they can use to sign other players, other wide receivers, draft picks, etc., etc. Um, what, what I think about this move, I think that Michael Crabtree um, definitely had a problem in Baltimore. He was not very good. Um, not what the Ravens expected when they signed him. Of course, the Ravens have had problems signing these uh, free agent wide receivers in their 30s. And, of course, they're not always going to live up to what you want them to live up to. And Michael Crabtree is no exception here. Lots of drops. I think he led the league in drops, actually, with nine. Uh, And, of course, you can all remember that Cleveland Browns game where the Ravens should have won. Crabtree drops the ball in the end zone. That would have been the game-winning touchdown. Of course, uh, he did drop the ball, and the Ravens were not able to win that game. So the Ravens are moving on from Michael Crabtree. Salary cap casualty that a lot of people thought that it would happen. Uh, I I remember when I... Uh, when he was signed last year, I hypothesized that this could be a, a one-year deal for him in Baltimore, essentially, even though it was three years, but there was, you know, that room that the Ravens could wiggle out after a year. And, of course, with, with Flacco gone, the, the Ravens are going to move towards a, a more rushing attack, uh, and Crabtree didn't fit in with the Lamar Jackson offense. Um, this is, you know, a move that was, was long coming. And the Ravens are going to try to find a new number one wide receiver, whether it be in the draft or free agency. And we'll talk a little bit about that coming up when we get to our combine results. Um, but yeah, the Ravens, again, saved that $4.6 million. They will use that in free agency, uh, potentially to re-sign C.J. Mosley, because they did not franchise tag C.J. Mosley. Um, this was not a, a unexpected move, the Ravens. To franchise tag C.J. Mosley would have cost them $15.433 million in 2019, way above what C.J. Mosley probably will be paid um, in his own long-term deal on his annual salary wherever he signs. So C.J. Mosley is almost certainly heading to free agency unless the Baltimore Ravens can come up 
with a deal to get him to stay in Baltimore uh, before he hits the free agent market. Uh, the problem is that they have been unable to do that since Mosley was uh, entered negotiations with the Ravens in the offseason. So I really don't see them and getting to a deal for free agency. I think Mosley will test the waters, and the Ravens will be very aggressive in trying to get him back like they did to Brandon, um, Brandon Williams a couple years ago, and he signed that mega $52 million deal over five years. Mosley could be heading to a similar situation here, um, but he will almost certainly hit the free agent market and because the Ravens are not going to be franchise tagging him. It would have been, um, I mean, not completely illogical, to franchise tag C.J. Mosley, but that that $15.433 million cap hit in 2019 uh, is pretty darn big, and the Ravens really wouldn't be able to stomach that. Um, they are somewhere around $30 million in cap space, and that would cut it basically in half. Um, so the Ravens will try to re-sign C.J. Mosley, I'm sure, in free agency, but the problem is he's going to hit that open market, and it's going to be difficult to get him back. A lot of suitors are going to be out there looking to overpay Mosley. Mosley's a fantastic player, but he will be offered some tremendously ginormous deals by teams with nothing but cash to blow, and it's going to be very difficult for the Ravens to get him back. Um, the Ravens also are letting uh, Eric Weddle go into the free agency market. Eric Weddle was under contract for 2019. The Ravens cut him yesterday. Uh... NFL insider Ian Rappaport broke this news that the Ravens' safety would be heading to the free agency market. Uh, he signed with Baltimore in 2016, was one of the most uh, influential players in recent memory, led that defense, re helped rebuild the secondary. Remember, the secondary in 2015 uh, was really in shambles. It was terrible. And 2016, uh, he comes in and helps rebuild the secondary, and now it's one of the best in the league. And he was a huge part of that. So the Ravens will free up $7.5 million in cap space by cutting Eric Weddle. Um, the Ravens can re-sign Eric Weddle to a lower deal. They've done this with uh, guys in the secondary like Ladarius Webb before. But um, whether or not they're going to pursue Eric Weddle again, I don't know. Um, I know there were some sort of talks going on between Eric Weddle and... Uh, his representation and the NFL, I'm sorry, the Baltimore Ravens on trying to get the Ravens, I'm sorry, and the Ravens are trying to get Eric Weddle to a lower contract, uh, take a lower cap hit, but it just was not working out in negotiations before the cut. Um, so Eric Weddle is out in Baltimore, at least for the time being, although I do believe that the Ravens will try to get him back on a lower deal. That seems like a logical Ravens move. And frankly, if they don't, then the Ravens are allowing their number one defense to be completely gutted with C.J. Mosley hitting the market, uh, Eric Weddle now hitting the market, and Terrell Suggs is going to hit the market. We haven't even seen if Jimmy Smith will hit the market yet. Jimmy Smith, um, the Ravens can save $9.5 million um, by cutting Jimmy Smith um, this offseason. So it's a big decision for them to make there. Jimmy Smith obviously has injury concerns, suspension concerns, and he's an up-and-down player. Um, even though he has some very, 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 very good moments. But the Ravens are in good hands going forward with Marlon Humphrey, and they still have Brandon Carr on the roster. And DeCosta said in his combine interview that he expected Brandon Carr to return to the Baltimore Ravens in 2019. Um, so all this Ravens news, you know, the Ravens have to find guys who are going to come in here and be able to um, produce for them. 
and of course, uh, they're going to have to find them in the draft, in the NFL Combine, too. Um, but before we head into the NFL Combine, I almost forgot here, Alex Collins was arrested on Friday, last Friday, on drug and gun charges. Uh, I didn't write an article about this, I didn't have time to on Friday, but uh, Alex Collins arrested on drug charges outside Baltimore and gun charges after an accident in his car. Uh, if you live in the Baltimore area, you'll remember that it was a snowy morning in Baltimore when this happened. I have no idea whether or not this has to do with the snow on the ground, but he was not in the best state of mind, obviously, and the Ravens um, ended up cutting him later that day. He was already heading into free agency as a restricted free agent, and Collins was almost certainly not going to be back with the Ravens after a pretty bad year in Baltimore, and now he's officially out in Baltimore, just one year removed from being the leading rusher, and a lot of people, including myself, thought that Alex Collins was the next great running back that the Ravens were going to find, um, and he was not, unfortunately. So, the Baltimore Ravens, um, not able to find uh, success with Alex Collins, are going to move on from him after this arrest on drug and gun charges. So again, the Ravens have to find new guys in the, in the draft and free agency that can come in here and, and really put in the work and rebuild this team because obviously the Ravens are going through a lot of turmoil this offseason. They're making a lot of moves. A lot of guys are going to be going. A lot of new guys coming in. Um, so let's look at the combine here. Some winners and losers I'm going to pick out from the combine. Uh, let's start out with the losers. Um, I'm going to say Paul Adams, tackle out of Missouri, and Trey Pippins, another tackle from Sioux Falls. These guys are losers. Uh, well, not, they're not losers, but they, they're the you know biggest losers at the combine. I think these two are, um, they both tied at 16 for the fewest bench press reps and his tackles. That's not necessarily very good at all. Um, you remember last year, I think it was Orlando Brown Jr. I believe he actually did 16. That was a big issue. But these guys uh, are going to be lower round picks if they're picked at all. And they had to have put up better numbers here. So they're going to be our two losers as tackles. And of course, I'm also going to pick Dwayne Haskins, quarterback uh, of Ohio State in the entire quarterback class, really. As losers, frankly, because they did all the work at the Combine, they did everything they were asked to, and the entire storyline at the Combine was what was Kyler Murray's height, right? 5'10". Um, without getting too much into it, Kyler Murray, of course, is the Oklahoma Heisman quarterback, and there's a lot of talk of him going number one to the Cardinals, which I think would be a huge mistake. I, don't, I think he's a good quarterback, but I don't think he's going to work out in the NFL, specifically because he is very short for a quarterback. Um, and I don't think he, the way he plays, he's a very, very mobile guy. Uh, I don't think he's going to translate well to the NFL. Um, and the Cardinals, if they pick him, then they've already got Josh Rosen there and they got to shop him around and it's just going to be one giant mess. Um, and the entire storyline of this draft class for quarterbacks is Kyler Murray and he's not the best quarterback on the field, uh, at this combine. He didn't even participate in any of the drills. He only got measured and that was it. Uh, I think the best quarterback in this class so far uh, unless something changes, is Dwayne Haskins. He is the most refined quarterback. He's the best passer in this draft class, and he's being overshadowed by a guy who I don't believe will be in the NFL for a whole long time. Of course, no shade of Kyler Murray. He's a good dude. He had a fantastic college career, but I don't think he's going to translate well to the NFL here. Um, so Dwayne Haskins, Drew Locke, Daniel Jones, uh, you know, all these guys I'm going to say are the losers uh, are losers at the combine just because they've been overshadowed here by Kyler Murray, who did not even participate in combine drills. 
Um, but let's get to the winners now. Obviously, you have to start off with DK Metcalf, wide receiver at Ole Miss. I actually did a prospect evaluation of him yesterday. It should be coming out today, Wednesday, March 6th, on BaltimoreFeather.com. So you can check that out later today, uh, and you'll find that there. It's in video format. I'm sure you guys are going to like it. Uh, but, but DK Metcalf, he comes in. He puts in seven, 27 bench press reps of 225 pounds. I mean, if you remember the picture of him going around on Twitter, uh, or if you ha didn't see it, just, you know, Google DK Metcalf gym picture. I mean, the dude is absolutely ripped. He is insane. Uh, he is a specimen of a wide receiver, and he comes in 27 bench press reps, so you know he's strong, and he's got that 4-3-3 40-yard dash speed. That is insane. Most wide receivers can't hit that, and he, you know, at 6'3", 228 pounds, ginormous receiver um with that speed it's very rare to find guys like this so dk metcalf he comes in here and just puts on a show with the combine other stats from him vertical jump 40.5 inches broad jump 134 inches uh that 20 yard shuttle he's got 4.5 seconds in the three cone drill 7.38 seconds very big day for dk metcalf uh very important showing uh, and I think that he's going to have a lot of teams looking ahead at him in a top 15, top 10 pick in the NFL draft. Uh, whether or not he constitutes being worthy of that pick, you'll, you can find that on my DK Metcalf prospect review, the first prospect review of the season. Um, yeah, uh, another uh, winner from this combine, I'm going to say, is Quinnen Williams. I think he's going to be a top three pick. Uh, if he's not, if if it's not Nicky Bosa first and him second, it'll be probably Kyler Murray, Nicky Bosa, and Qu then Quinn and Williams at three. Uh, Quinn and Williams is one of the best players in this draft. Uh, he didn't do a whole lot at the combine, but I think the agility he showed with that 4.83 speed on the 40-yard dash, uh, it just shows that he's got that agility to be a very good defensive tackle. He has that speed that, quite frankly, you don't see a lot of guys have. And we already know from his tape that he's a fantastic defensive tackle and he just came in and did what he needed to do to ensure that he'd be a top five top three pick I think Quinn Williams wins this draft class from basically just not messing up from not doing a whole lot uh, and just doing what he needed to do to show scouts that he is what what they already know of him uh, another wide receiver I'm gonna say is a winner in this draft class is Andy Isabella out of UMass not a lot of UMass guys go to the NFL but Andy Isabella looks like a rare talent potentially a slot receiver. Uh, he's coming in at 5'9", uh, uh, 188. So he's pretty short for a slot. I'm sorry, for a receiver. So that would probably put him in the slot. But he had a fantastic combine. 15 bench press reps. Um, you pair that with his 4.31 40-yard dash speed. I mean, he is incredibly fast. He's got that vertical jump at 36.5 inches, broad jump 121 inches, 20-yard shuttle 4.15 seconds, and then the three-cone drill 6.95 seconds. Really shows you that speed, that lateral agility that he has, and he can be a very, very good wide receiver, I think, for a lot of teams. And he's generated generate a lot of hype on Ravens Twitter that I've been reading recently. So Andy Isabella, I think, is a clear winner from this combine. Uh, he's puts a lot of scouts looking at him. I really didn't know who he really was. Uh, I saw that he was on, I, out there. I put him on my draft board because I thought he was an interesting prospect. And then this combine comes, and I see him perform very well. And I think to myself that he can be a very good slot receiver in the NFL. I think he boosted his uh, positioning 
maybe up to a third round uh, pick, maybe a fourth round pick. We'll have to see. And I think the Ravens could target him, um, but I'm not really sure they will because we already have Willie Sneed and we need some bigger receivers. But Andy Isabella, I think, is a giant winner from this combine. Another winner from the combine, I'm going to take Dexter Lawrence, defensive tackle out of Clemson, another defensive tackle on this list. 36 bench press reps for Dexter Lawrence. That is absolutely insane. He is huge, uh, Dexter Lawrence. He's 6'4", 342 pounds. He's got that uh, arm length, uh, 34 uh, and 3 fourths inches, uh, and the hand size of 10 and a half inches there. And he puts in those 36 bench press reps. And you know he's just ginormous. He's also he's also relatively fast for a defensive tackle. 5.05 second 40-yard dash. Uh, Dexter Lawrence, leader at uh, Clemson in the defensive line. with Him with Christian Wilkins in there. Uh, very good duo. I think that Dexter Lawrence is going to be a first or second round pick. Um, he, he's very talented. He's got the measurables you need in a defensive tackle. And he's going to be a very good player for whoever selects him, um, and I could see the Ravens coming up into the second round to get him if they so desire. Um, even though we are kind of loaded at defensive tackle, you never know with the Ravens. Uh, but Dexter Lawrence is a very big guy, uh, and I think his combine performance really solidifies him as one of the top defensive tackles in this co uh, this draft class. And finally, for our last winner of the day, I'm going to say it's Garrett Bradbury, center out of North Carolina State. Bradbury, uh, he comes in. He's one of the stronger. I think he did the most uh, reps as a center, 34 bench press reps. That's pretty darn good for a center. Uh, you need your offensive lineman to be strong. And he also showed some other athletic abilities. He's got that lateral quickness. His 20-yard shuttle, 4.53 seconds, 7.41 seconds on the three-cone drill. Uh, he can also jump 31 inches in the air, broad jump 104 inches, not very good on the broad jump, but you don't really need it for, for uh, a offensive uh, lineman, you just need to see that he's got some agility, and that 40 yard dash at 4.92 seconds shows you he does have some speed to him, you don't really need that either, but what the biggest, most important thing on here is that 34 bench press number, uh, he comes in at 6'3", 306 pounds as well, so he's right around what you need, he's got huge hands, 10 and a half inch hands. Uh, arm length, not super good. He's at 31 and 3 fourths inches, um, but I think his hands and his uh, strength make up for that. So those are our combine winners and losers. Uh, don't forget to let me know what you guys think on Twitter about that as well. Um, so now we're going to move into our last two segments of the day, free agent and draft prospect of the week. Um, so with our, our new news that the Ravens are, in fact, moving on from Eric Weddle, uh, unless they do bring him back, the Ravens have zero uh, free safeties on the depth chart, which means they are in the hunt, in the market for a new free safety, and I think that that free safety might just might be Tyron Matthew, the former Cardinal free safety, the honey badger himself out of LSU. Uh, you know, he's, he, he, he was with the Texans for this year, and he is entering free agency again. Um, and Jason LaCaforna, uh, I know not the best source for Ravens news. Uh, he has gotten a lot of things wrong in the past, but he did say that there, the Ravens are interested in Tyron Matthew and there might be a, there might be a bidding war and the Ravens might jump in on that as well. So Tyron Matthew could be the addition for the Ravens. He is 26 right now. He's 5'9", 185, uh, pounds. 
and he is coming off of an injury from a couple, from two years ago now, but he did have a good year this year. Uh, 89 tackles, three sacks, two interceptions. He's a free agent that can do uh, quite a lot for the Ravens. He played all 16 games this year. Um, I think he was injured in 2016, I think it was. Yeah. Um, but he, you know, eight pass deflections. This, that injury in 2016 did not, did not slow him down one bit. He had one of his better years this year with the Houston Texans. Uh, 70 total tackles, 89 combined. That's fantastic. Those three sacks. Nine, uh, you got those, again, eight pass deflections, two interceptions. Very good numbers for Tyron Matthew, and he is one of the best free safeties in the league. I think that the Ravens are probably going to at least inquire about him. Whether or not they get into a bidding war over him, I have no idea. Um, depends on whether or not they want to go out and draft a guy or find another free agent on the market. Um, other free agents on the market at free safety, um, there sure are a lot of them out there. Um, you look at guys like um, LaMarcus Joyner, uh, other free agents, HaHa Clinton Dix is on the market this year. Earl Thomas, a little bit older than you probably want, that you've cut Weddle. you got to get a little bit younger, like Tyron Matthew. But there's a lot of great free agents on the market this year and you know there shouldn't be a well there will be bidding wars over these guys but the money will be spread out not all concentrated on big name prospects uh in free agency this year so the ravens have a great opportunity to go out and get a free agent uh free safety if they so desire unless they want to bring back Weddle, or they can go into the draft and maybe pick nasser adderley uh our draft prospect of the week here nasser adderley uh, didn't do anything at the Combine. I believe he was injured, but he did show up. He did get his measurables in, and he solidified himself as one of the better safeties just based on the measurables here. At 6 uh, feet tall, 206 pounds, he's got that 31-inch uh, wingspan and the 9-inch hands. Uh, he is going to be at the top of the draft in the first two rounds, I believe, and Nasser Adderley, Adderley could be a prospect the Ravens want to go out and grab. Um, he had a, a fantastic... Um, time at at Delaware, his alma mater, uh, also the alma mater of Joe Flacco and Nick Boyle. Um, but he had some pretty good stats at Delaware, and I think that he can translate to the next level. Uh, you know, he's got those four interceptions from the previous year. Um, you know, some some pretty good numbers for him there. Uh, and of course, Delaware has a good program. A lot of Ravens players from the past have come out of there. So I think Nasser Adderley could be the answer at free safety if the Ravens so desire uh, to pick a, a brand new uh, young guy to come in here and uh, take over the free safety position. But they do have to address it somewhere, whether it's in free agency, whether it's in the draft. They have to get free, free safeties on the roster because there are no other free safeties on the roster. Unless, of course, they maybe move to Sean Elliott or Chuck Clark over to free safety. But they are strong safeties and it might not be a great transition. Okay, well, that will end today's episode of Nest Talk. Uh, Nest Talk 28, again, recorded on March 6, 2019. You can find me at Chris Linfont on Twitter, or you can hit up Baltimore Feather at BeMoreFeather on Twitter, or just go on BaltimoreFeather.com to find the Baltimore Feather, where you can get this podcast and the latest and greatest Baltimore Ravens news and opinion articles. Of course, you can find Nest Talk at Nest Talk on Twitter, and you can find Baltimore Feather or Nest Talk on Facebook by just searching up either Baltimore Feather or Nest Talk. We'll be back next week with more draft prospects to talk about, more Ravens news presumably to talk about as free agency starts to heat up. Uh, I'm Chris Linfont signing out. Have a great day, everybody.